The following is brought to you by Dustin Campbell, Daily Tech News Show, Michael Bolick, The Joe Q Car Show, Frank Latuka, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, Jim Wright, Will Harris, and Craig. Hello and welcome everybody to the Politics, Politics, Politics podcast for January 12th, 2021. This is your old friend Justin Robert Young joining you back in studio. Reunited and it feels so good. Back in Oakland, actually in my studio, not in a hotel. Very, very, very happy to be here. Cleared not one, but two COVID tests to do it. And now I'm going to see if I can get reimbursed by my insurance. But in the meantime, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, I just want to, because I think as we move forward from this moment, we're either going to sink deeper in or watch a rebound from what I think is incalculable damage done by the events at the Capitol on Wednesday. We're going to go through it, but but I, I just want to record it in this moment in time so we can go back and look at it and say, oh, well, look how that changed. Or, wow, those were the halcyon days for Donald Trump and his associates. We will do that. We're going to run through the schedule for and issues surrounding the idea of impeaching and removing Donald Trump. And we will be joined by a very special guest, somebody who has tremendous experience and does not do a lot of interviews. Darren Kitchen of Hack5, an OG creator of hacking and technology-related content on the internet, a manufacturer of industry-standard InfoSec equipment that you have seen referenced on television and movies. Darren is a friend of mine, so I was able to just go over to his apartment and we did this interview. But let me explain. He doesn't do interviews. He does his own content, and he does that on and off these days. So he's going to come to us, come to PX3, largely because he listens to and likes the show. (laughs) And he is going to explain to us not only the risks of what happened when uh, the rioters stormed into, into the Capitol, but also he's going to explain the parlor hack. We're going to talk a little bit about parlor, the uh, free speech social media alternative to Twitter. But they had a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad week that at the end included people downloading their entire website after some authentication vendors pulled out. But we will explain exactly what happened 
and why it's a little bit more interesting than just a regular old boring data breach. Bird first! We want no violence, never violence. We want absolutely no violence. And on the impeachment, it's really a continuation of the greatest witch hunt in the history of politics. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. This impeachment is causing tremendous anger. And you're doing it, and it's really a terrible thing that they're doing. For Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to continue on this path, I think it's causing tremendous danger to our country, and it's causing tremendous anger. I want no violence. Thank you very much. That is the President of the United States of America, Donald John Trump, making his first public statements uh, to the press since Thursday when he released a video uh, committing to a peaceful transfer of power and de facto ending his challenging of the 2020 election. Allow me to say up top here that there are meta issues about our democracy and our political landscape for which we don't know what the damage truly is. This is something that we all need to decide collectively, to be honest. It is, it is a shared decision, whether or not we're even on speaking terms with each other. There are micro elements for which are far more horrific than what I am going to detail, up to and including the death of five Americans during the Capitol riots last week. I am only going to do this segment because I believe it is something we have never seen in our modern political world. And we are at a specific inflection point for which it is either going to get worse or get better. And either movements are newsworthy. So let's talk about what last Wednesday cost the leader of the free world, Donald Trump. I want to start with what I think I've made clear on this show was going to be the future of Donald Trump having lost the election. I'm not a believer that he is going to be rung up on charges in New York State, or at least charges that are going to be as cataclysmic as has warranted the coverage behind them. He certainly faces myriad legal issues. And Dave Leventhal, our our money man on this show, and his team at the D.C. Bureau for Business Insider has done great work in covering exactly what those challenges are going to be. Indeed, there has been financial reporting that his loans that are outstanding and due within the next several years would also put him in financial peril. None of that, I thought, would truly affect the man. Why? Because ex-presidents don't go to prison and the most famous person in the world will never want for money. Donald Trump is a branding expert. 
who now had more reach around the world than he had ever had in his life. The world was his oyster either financially or politically. Until Wednesday. Wednesday puts him in a different class. Wednesday has done incalculable damage to Donald Trump and most importantly, the thing that not only has powered him to fame, that has powered him to influence, that powered him to the presidency, the leader of the free world issued by the Trump brand. I do my best to try and not knee-jerk because I think that in these days, media-wise, that is in short supply and I want to carve out my own little niche here. But I don't know if this is recoverable. Let's just go through some of the stuff that has happened over the last couple days, since the last time I did a podcast. That bank, the bank for which he owes $300 million in loans based on available reporting. Deutsche Bank has said that they will not do business with him and they would sever their ties except for the fact that he owes them $300 million and they don't want to forgive the loans. Signature Bank, for which Ivanka sits on the board, said that they will not do business with the Trump company. The Professional Golf Association, something that Trump has cultivated, a relationship that he has built over years as a man who runs big, fancy Tony golf clubs, stripped him of a major tournament this week. Meanwhile, his allies in Congress, those that were set to stand by him even when his Don Quixote quixotic quest to tilt at the windmill known as the 2020 election became all the more absurd and long in the tooth, are not only seeing a drop in donors, but also their own staff is leaving, including the longtime communications head for Ted Cruz. Even Bill Belichick, the recalcitrant coach of the New England Patriots refused the Medal of Freedom, the highest civilian honor in this country, because of its association to Trump, its issuer. That donor noise to the people closest to Trump, that also has gone viral. Coca-Cola, Marriott, Morgan Stanley and AT&T have said that they will pause all donations. Let me add a little caveat here. I didn't put this earlier in the list because I don't think this is particularly real, saying that you are, you know, knocking off your donations right after an election cycle isn't exactly the biggest sacrifice in the world, but still worth listing. Here's a quote from Eric Trump who has been running the Trump organization while Donald is in the White House. He put out a statement amidst all this noise. Quote, there has never been a political figure with more support or energy behind them than my father. True. But 
despite the fact that Trump has built a life on a all press is good press mentality, this is not about press. This is about branding. Trump has made a career about striving, excellence, wealth, influence. And I don't know whether or not that's going to continue to exist at the same level. Indeed, he might be Icarus tumbling back to earth with melted wax all over his face, wondering why he kept flying toward the great yellow ball in the sky. Trump is run on media attention. If the media is making noise that he will be less of a focus, which we can either take seriously or not, Trump would still need a news peg to drive the news cycle. For four years, that has been Twitter plus influence with the presidency. So how does he do it now? Now that not only will he be less influential as he is farther from power, but also carrying any message will come within newsrooms with a question of are we furthering a prelude to a possible riot or worse? All right, so let's brainstorm here. If we're, if we're in the Trump organization, what can he do? Well, he could start a network, a television network, but that's going to run on advertising. And advertising doesn't exactly seem like the surest path to money right now when Advertisers are all going to have to face an immediate firestorm on bankrolling him. Well, you could partner with One America News or Newsmax, but does that seem particularly Trump-like? To partner with two also-rans? The natural landing spot would be Fox News. You know? He could slide on in, either take a regular uh, a spot speaking there like he did in the past, maybe even step up his game and do a daily television show. Maybe a weekly one like Mike Huckabee did. I mean, that would be a bit of a shift. He has spent the last year blowtorching Fox News. And besides that, If you are Murdoch the Younger, who now runs Fox News, would it not be a more compelling decision to start focusing and building your narrative and hype machine around new stars? Stars that you can build from scratch? Because I absolutely believe that we are at a point right now where it is a clear-the-deck moment for the GOP. If anything, just because all of the bold-face names have now gone back and forth so many times that nobody can really even believe what they have to say. You're going to believe Ted Cruz, who says that Donald Trump's a liar and a sociopath? And, and then he's his best friend, but then he has to back off, but now he's his best friend again? Lindsey Graham, literally, yesterday, despite the fact that he was distancing himself from Donald Trump, was on Air Force One to go down to Trump's visit to Texas today. 
You're telling me that any of these guys have credibility going forward, even to the conservative audience? No. If you're Fox News, now's the time that you look at the bench, you look at all the fresh faces, and you start to build new stars. Dan Crenshaw is your focus before anybody else that has made big waves over the last few years. All right, so television, not a sure bet. But hey, new media. It's new media, new media, old media, legacy media, boo, new media, yay. Twitter is what he lost. So let's build him another Twitter. Well, even that market now has a few established players. You've got Gab, you've got Parler, and Parler just got iced out by the entirety of Silicon Valley. It got delisted by Google, then Apple, then Amazon took their servers away. And now they're rumored to have migrated to Epic, which also hosts Gab, BitChute, and InfoWars. Is Trump going to be happy launching a web-only social network that has no traction on the biggest mobile platforms? More specifically, will the media follow him there as a political influencer. Ironically, the only social media channel that survived the last week untouched is his YouTube channel. That's what we're talking about right now. From the options available to an ex-president, where you can, you can be the Clintons. You can start an economic fund and literally just have a gigantic pot of money slosh around to do whatever you want with. Benefit whoever you want. Why? Because you're an ex-president. That's what ex-presidents do. Everyone wants to be close to you because you're always going to have influence and power. To YouTube influencer. Look. He might still hit the speaking circuit, but you want to know what? PewDiePie gets a lot of money to speak to. He's still going to have his fans, but so does James Charles. This isn't the velvet rope, crystal goblet world that he was set to inherit. This is a far more perilous one for which the ceiling has shrunk so far that his hairs are going to constantly brush against it for as long as he keeps that ridiculous do. There's money there, but it ain't the kind of money it could have been. But that shows you the incalculable damage that he did to him. Self, in one day, the fall from grace in 24 hours, from Jimmy Carter to Stephen Crowder. On Sunday, Nancy Pelosi went on 60 Minutes and said that we had, quote, a deranged, unhinged, dangerous president of the United States. She then waited three days before she voted on an article of impeachment. Ugh, man. Uh, uh, all right. So, so let's, let's break this down. I'm going to try to not to commentary this one just so we can lay out as much of the facts as possible here. 
There is an article of impeachment drafted up. It is for incitement of an insurrection. Nancy Pelosi has the votes in the House to pass it, and she likely will today. After that happens, we don't know what will happen next. They could immediately transfer it to the Senate and dare Mitch McConnell in his final act as in in this version of Senate Majority Leader to vote on it immediately, or sorry, to to hold the Senate trial immediately and then vote on it. But should that happen, Mitch McConnell has said that this would almost certainly stretch out of this president's term and bleed in to Joe Biden's term. So here's the question. Do you, if you're Joe Biden, want for your first 100 days to be in part the Trump show? We're going to have another fight. We're going to have another divided nation. We're going to have another round of absolutely not. This isn't technically a blah, 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 right? It's just going to be a fight. Joe Biden got elected as uniter in chief. Well, guess what? We're going to start off with a gigantic fight about guess who? Donald Trump. So that's led to some creative thinking. Jim Clyburn in the house, somebody that was very pivotal to Biden becoming the president. Remember, it was Clyburn's endorsement in South Carolina that that propelled Joe Biden. He says, well, wait a minute now. What if we impeach him, Trump leaves, we give Biden 100 days, and then we transmit the impeachment to the Senate? And then we have a fight about Donald Trump 100 days into the Joe Biden administration after he's got his agenda going. And by the way, some of the things that would be involved in that agenda, where, by the way, the Democrats now control the Senate thanks to those runoffs. So this is not just another uh, tour of duty with Mitch McConnell. Democrats are going to be the ones calling the tunes. Joe Biden's great worth to D.C. is knowing how to operate the Senate. Do you sacrifice that to impeach Donald Trump? All right. Here's the solution from the Biden side. You impeach him, you push it to the Senate, and then you kind of do like one of those things that... uh, uh, when you're a kid, shout out to all my children who divorce. You know, when, when when you split time every other weekend with 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 one parent or another. Except in this case, it would be every other day. So like odd days you're impeaching the president, even days you are passing the Joe Biden agenda. So let's understand what that means. Let's understand that that means not only are all the headlines going to be about guess who, Donald Trump, but also that 
you are poisoning the well for any kind of deal that could happen since everything in the Senate is going to have to be bipartisan now that you have a 50-50 chamber with Kamala being the tiebreaker, but Joe Manchin being the wild card for the Democrats. I don't think that's feasible. To be honest, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of, the fact that Biden said it made me think this is not, he's not going to get removed. Trump's not going to get removed. All right, so now I'm doing commentary. I don't think Trump's going to get removed. I think that the most fitting way for this four-year period to end, one of hyperbole, a norm-breaking White House, and a Congress that has never before in its history been so, look at me, look at me, now please click the link and donate, will end the way they governed by looking at each other and saying it is disgusting that you're not doing something. Pelosi yesterday tried to pass, or the House tried to pass a universal resolution, which was never going to pass, that Pence should invoke the 25th Amendment. You should do something. And then they're going to impeach him and tell the Senate, but you should do something. And then the Senate's going to sit on it because nobody wants to swing the axe. That's it. Spoiler alert, that's how it ends. That's what happens when you defy the campaign undertaker, Donald. The campaign undertaker was there on New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Do you know how much you could have saved by just heeding the gong of the campaign undertaker? Oh, man. Man. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at uh, one of our giveaways. We did a giveaway. I got a bunch of uh, John Ossoff merch and I got a bunch of, or I got one, somebody, a random Trump person gave me a Make America Great Again beanie, a red beanie. So I would like to make uh, the following announcements. Uh, the following people have one John Ossoff merch, Brett Stewart, Jack Collins and Rob Bridges, you will all get Ossoff merch. And uh, Austin Evans has won the Trump hat. Go ahead and check your emails because uh, I'll be looking for your addresses so I can send all that stuff out. Now, the only way that people got the option to, to enter into that was by signing up for the free political newsletter at freepoliticalnewsletter.com. I've actually changed the format a little bit. So I would be, uh, I would really like your guys' opinion on it. It's a little bit more columny. If you like my writing, then you're going to enjoy the new format. It's, it's a little less news digesty and a little bit more thoughts of the day. So I'm excited for you guys to check it out. It's at Free Political Newsletter at freepoliticalnewsletter.com. Thank you, of course, to everybody who supports the show. 
you're the best. It's good to be home. Our guest today, for the last 15 years, has been an educator, communicator, and manufacturer of information security devices and issues. He is the founder of Hack5 and somebody I am blessed enough to call a friend. Welcome to the show, Darren Kitchen. Dude, it has been a long time coming. I know. Yeah. I feel like, you know... You should have, well, you are probably the person that I talk about the show with the most because we hang out. Right. But uh, uh, you've not been on yet. Right. It always feels like, you know, it started with a sacred ritual of Whiskey Wednesday and always, (laughs) you know, being abreast of what's going on in your podcast. Yeah. Uh, But I have to make an apology because I have clearly violated the rules of the podcasters okay, uh, from one podcaster to another. Indeed. Yeah. Um, our sacred, our sacred. Coven. Of, yeah. It's, I don't watch your shows. Yeah. You don't watch my shows yeah. and then we're good. We're good. It's usually the way. Yeah. But you, you broke the rules by actually enjoying the content. I, I actually make. do. Yeah. You know, and I get like, which jazzed. makes it awkward for everybody. <laughs> well, I don't know if anybody else fist bumps when the like intro music hits yeah. at the beginning and end, but it's, it's punchy. You well, know, and I'm just like clapping my hands. Politics. <laughs> uh, uh, well, we, we finally found the time to bring you on because there are uh, a bunch of stories that are, are in the news for, for which you have expertise. If people are unaware, you are the uh, a longtime host and creator of the Hack 5 uh, channel on YouTube. You've done content on this subject for a very, very, very long time. You produce tremendous hardware at uh, from Hack5 as well, which has become, in many ways, industry standards in terms of... Well, here, you, you describe yeah, yeah. it. Well, you know, break, yeah. breaking out of the like 1990s phone freak scene, I'm the hacker kid that now says, get your pineapples. So if you've seen one of those like CSI or, or FBI shows where the... You know, where the agents find like a USB drive plugged into a server. And, oh, my God, that's how they planted the malware. Yeah. And you think like, oh, that's cute. They're calling it a rubber ducky. Isn't that funny? And it's like, no, that, that's, a, that's a real it's thing. It's a real product. It's a real, a real product that you sell and you can, and you can buy at, at Hack5 right now. Right and, now. Uh, uh, the pineapple is your, is your uh, signature product. Uh, if you were to explain that to people who had barely an idea of how to operate their phones, sure. what does the pineapple do? It's like a stingray for Wi-Fi. Okay. Yeah. So you've heard of because you've heard of stingrays. The, the, well, the, let, let, let's presume yeah. that people have oh, not yeah. heard oh, of they stingrays. Haven't. Oh, yeah. okay. Because because if you've been abreast, I mean, if you're a if you're a P3X listener, you know stingrays. I would imagine that's a, that's the like overreaching let's law enforcement say, tool. That... Let's just say <laughs> that maybe you know, okay. for the few. All right. Uh, so it's a uh, it's the mirror in Harry Potter that looks like whatever you want to see in it. Yes. So when your phone is looking for your home Wi-Fi network, it looks like your home Wi-Fi network, and then your phone connects to it, and then you can eavesdrop. Yeah. So that's like your phone is always looking mm-hmm. for the things that it wants to see. It normally does it because you're not at home. It, it's that chameleon friend of yours. Yeah. That when you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just like into snowboarding, and suddenly they're an expert on snowboarding. Exactly. Except yeah. they're not really your no, friend. No. They're just some shady person for whom wants to trick you into thinking that they are your friend. 
so that is that is the the place that you uh, uh, exist, and certainly uh, in many different ways, it is the lifeblood of keeping uh, stuff secure. That you you need to oh, you yeah. need to yeah. test for vulnerabilities, and that's the way they do it, the, the way it goes. I joke about it, you know, in a like you know hijinks kind of way, but these are actually recognized standards by NIST, you know, and these are used in courses like CEH, recognized by universities to teach cybersecurity defenders. And I joke about it because when I got into this stuff, there wasn't such a thing as going to university for cybersecurity. It was called hacking. Yes. But in any event. And now it's it's uh, an entire thing. It's like it, it, it's actual legitimate business. Which is kind of fantastic. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So now that we've established your bona fides, let, let's talk a little bit about the news of the day. Do you, do you want to start with Parler? Or do you want to start with the, the, the Capitol riots? You know, I feel like Parler is an easier way from a tech perspective to approach the uh, the riots and, you know, the, the coup and all the rest that you could call what happened at the Capitol. Yeah. Um, so let's go with that as a lens. Okay. So uh, uh, Parler, uh, the, you know, depending on where you sit, uh, uh, free speech or conservative or seditious uh, uh, alternative to Twitter... All of a sudden, uh, Trump gets banned. Best day in the world for Parler because mm. now all the conservatives want to head on over to this new place. That like now that that the big draw is gone from Twitter, assuredly he will show up on Parler, and they can all keep the party going. And then all of the partners start to pull out for Parler. Now all of a sudden they're delisted on the Google Play Store. They're delisted on the iOS Store. The big killing blow is Amazon coming in and saying, oh, by the way, about those servers that you are based on, no longer. But the 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 the, the kick in the ribs while they were down is what happened on Monday, and that is there was a breach. So can you explain exactly what happened and whether or not it was because all of their partners and 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 all the the vendors for which any kind of web service is built on contributed to that. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's it's really hard to be a private entity that is, you know, uh, offering up a platform of free speech when you're associated with a brand that has been so burned that the it, it that you're. Uh, <laughs> That everybody is going to, you know, jump on the bandwagon of disassociating with your brand. So, in, in much the same way that Apple and Google said, "You're like, no, nah, we're not going to host your app on the web store anymore," uh, and Amazon said, "You know, we're actually not even going to host your website anymore." Yeah. Uh, you know, they're going to find the same kind of trouble going to the next cloud provider, be it Microsoft or Google, and uh, in, in in a similar fashion, it's not just even the the gateways to your phone, be it, you know, Apple's App Store or Google's yeah. Play Store uh, that they, they've got an uphill battle with. It's the, uh, or even the web hosting infrastructure on like AWS or any of those that they're having trouble with. It's even their partners that they integrate with to be able to create a modern website. I mean, sites are so complex these days that you outsource a lot of stuff because there's people that specialize in these. And yeah, and that even even the most plug and play stuff like WordPress became a, a standard on the web for blogs because it was very easy to plug stuff in. It was exactly. very easy to download 
you didn't have to be any kind of like, you know, web genius to say, oh, I would like this thing to happen. Search WordPress plugin, put WordPress, you know, install it. It's two seconds. It doesn't take a lot of effort. And boom, you can go. Same with anything, really. Like you said, there's so much that goes into it up to and including like SEO and 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 server side uh, relationships, especially with a product like Parler, which is designed to refresh and update and be collaborative in the way that that, that is. So when they when all of a sudden the dominoes start to fall mm-hmm. and now it's like, okay, well, if Google won't deal with you, then Apple won't deal with you, then Amazon won't deal with you, then that means all these other little vendors won't. How vulnerable does that leave? And let's see, let's even take Parler out of it. Yeah. How vulnerable would that leave any website? I mean, think about this, right? If you're now one of those vendors working with Parler, but you have a relationship with Microsoft or Apple or Amazon, now suddenly there's, you know, there's chinks in the armor that go pretty deep. Yeah. Because they don't want to piss off any of the titans, yeah. right? Like nobody wants to run afoul of of these massive, massive, massive companies that do really like, you know, gateway the web for right. all intents and purposes. And, and the web, you know, the the predominant content management system on the web became WordPress, like you said, because of those plugins, because it's a much more complicated internet than it was in the 90s. Yeah. Although we could really bring back the kind of like under construction gifts. Those were kind of cool. Those were good. Yeah. yeah. But in any event, the one that, that the Achilles heel here for them, as far as, far as the security was concerned, is uh, an outfit named Twilio. They're basically a provider that enables uh, text and email verifications. If you've ever logged into a site and they have to text you a code and you have to plug it in as a second factor of authentication, a lot of websites use Twilio as their backend provider to handle all that text message stuff because they're not in the business of, of dealing with telephone carriers. They're in the business of creating a social media site, right? Yeah, yeah. That was so, one of the strangest things when I first moved to the Bay Area like one of the, what I would imagine, one of the most uh, uh, expensive billboard, like, uh, uh, you know, stretch of a couple miles is coming in from the East Bay into San Francisco. And when you first come in, what you realize is that these are billboards that are purchased for very <laughs> specific people. Because it's a gigantic billboard, the same that you would see for a major motion picture in LA, but in the Bay Area, it's like Twilio. And then like a bunch of technical jargon that I have no idea what it means. Like, like fully encompassed. Yeah. Yeah. B2B. A- uh, API uh, with, with- stack integration for your workflow optimization. Exactly. Whereas you get hit I-40 uh, through Missouri and it's cracker barrel. Exactly. It's just like, like one, two, three, as fast as dot zip four, five, six. And I'm like, uh, somebody really knows what the hell that means and are really jazzed about it. Cause they put them up, you know, a billboard to do it. So, when Twilio pulls out, yeah, I can this, only imagine this that all creates the perfect storm. So, because so, 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 bring it to me from from the perspective of a hacker, all because right. I think hackers very often are they're looking they're looking at this thing devolve. Yeah, they're well, watching things kind of like fall step by step. Everybody's in a group chat. Like what, what, what is, what is the perspective from, from a hacker? So, so even before Twilio, and we'll get to this and explain why that, that element is important. Um, this has all happened before we got caught off guard. And I say, we, as the like, you know, hacker quote nerd, uh, uh, contingent here, 
is that uh, we all, you know, growing up with, you know, coming back to our animated GIFs of under construction, there was this glorious website once where you could have your own homepage on the internet called GeoCities. Ah, yes. yes. Let's go back. They were neighbors to Angel Fire <laughs> and, and so many others that I'm forgetting at this moment. But one day, whoever ended up owning uh, GeoCities, I believe it's Yahoo, said like, Oh, hey, Bob, is, what, what, that server over there, what the hell is it with all the dust on it? They're like, oh, I think that's wrong in GeoCities. Yeah, well, we need to turn that thing off. We need to make some room for a mop. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so somebody was tasked with like going over to this lowly old Pentium 2 400. I'm, I'm imagining sure. here. Sure, yeah. Right? And, uh, and just pulling the plug, you know, it's like, sorry, grandpa, you know, we love you, but, uh, you served us well. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Like the Good night, sweet Prince. <laughs> yeah. And so they, uh, they just put up a little, little notice like, Hey, BT dubstep guys, we're going to be like, we're launching this cool new API stuff and new features and other things. And at the very bottom of this is like, Oh, and we're killing GeoCities. Yeah. And we're taking your dog to a farm upstate. <laughs> and so <laughs> hackers were like, no, yeah. not, not our roots. Exactly. Yeah. And so you imagine the archivists are just like, we can't lose this. It's the history of the internet. Yeah. So uh, a bunch of folks put, uh, put out crawlers, you know, much the same way that Google and Yahoo have like crawlers and spiders that crawl all over the web and index it. Yeah. You know, anybody, any, you don't even have to be a hacker to do this. You can go and use a tool called WGET to just point it at a website and say, give me everything, everything. on that website. Yeah. And suddenly your hard drive's full because it literally it takes a lot yeah. to make a website. It's like, a bot but, that clicks every link and saves every image, video, piece of text it can find. Yeah. So uh, when, all right, so, so Parler devolving. Yeah, so part of that is, you know, the writing was kind of on the wall with, you know, Google first being like, yeah, you're delisted. And then when Apple's like, we're going to give you 24 hours. And then very soon after, Amazon's like, yeah, we're also going to give you 24 hours. We're pulling the plug. It was when Amazon said, we're cutting your hosting yeah. midnight on Sunday that it's like, oh, well, psh, no one can move their entire infrastructure that fast. Yeah. They're going to go On dark. a weekend. They're going to go dark. <laughs> who knows how long? And also, who knows who's going to take them next? Because they're kind of a, a, a burned brand. Yeah. So um, who knows what's going to come from the ashes of this? But a lot of people were like, ooh, it would be really fun to have a copy of this. Because there's all oh, sorts so of Oh, so that's where this started. It's archivists. Like, this we is archivists. Archivists. So this wasn't like a like no. a like a like a hack hack. No, this isn't. A, have I been pwned? Data breach. You know, your password was compromised because you used Adobe Player back in the day, or you know, uh, Acrobat. No, yeah, no. This is uh, full on. Hey, they're going away now. There's a couple of ways you can go about it. First, you can just create an account and just you know have a bot click on everything that you have access to. Yeah, but it gets so much more enticing when this burned brand that is Parler uh, gets served a message from Twilio coming back to them, this authentication provider. Yeah. Kind of a plug-in and infrastructure uh, vendor for big websites that handles text messages and email verification for account validation. Gotcha. And they say, uh, in reviewing our acceptable use policy, we found blah, 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 hate speech, not going to do business with you anymore. Yeah. So and long and thanks for all the fish. Here's where it gets awesome. Uh, Parler says, oh, no, 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 no. You can't fire us. We quit. So they pulled out with Twilio. Yeah, they responded and said, uh, we've already canceled our integration. So 
Wait. So now they're adrift without their authentication service. Yep. And the clock is ticking on AWS. And it's the weekend, and engineers are going to what whip up a completely new authentication system. The API is written in such a way that where it's supposed to hook into this thing. And, I mean, I haven't, you know... Especially considering if you're a parlor staff member, you better really believe in the cause. Oh, yeah. Because it doesn't look like the money is is exploding past Sunday if there's no product to sell. I mean, I'm just saying, if you're looking for some PHP work, yeah, I'd get on Upwork and start scrolling. You might, <laughs> time time, you might, to, you time might, to upload that CV, dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, depending on your morals, you might find some some work easy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. The, the thing is, I haven't, you know, obviously I haven't been privy to review their code, but what it looks like is that in lieu of there being an authentication system in play, Twilio, uh, their API was just kind of going like, oh yeah, reset password, sure. And then somehow just giving you all the data. So really? Yeah. So that made the archivist it makes, job. It made their job so easy because all they have to do is ask. Yeah. They just say, hey, web server, I would like this particular information. And it's there is a debate to be had as to whether that violates the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, whether it can be labeled, you know, unauthorized access. Okay. Because they just asked, and the server responded with what they asked for. So were they breaking, you know, if you're not breaking into an account, if you're not breaking a password, yeah, is it, you know, if you left your door wide open and I just, and with a, I guess with a sign saying free stuff. Exactly. <laughs> I just walk in and, you know, take a copy of everything. Right. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't download a car. Um, so, <laughs> so that's kind of what happened here. They're like, well, let's just download all the things. Gotcha. So but, as soon as word gets out. Yeah. As soon as word gets out, and and this is where uh, this is where it gets kind of funny because it's it's insult to injury when you think about it because it takes one hacker to realize, oh hey, the uh, the shields are down and yeah. we can just go and download everything. And it's like, here's a tweet that says, "Hey guys, I started downloading everything. It's like 80 terabytes and it's these text files of like the raw video and all the imagery and everything that was uploaded to this site." So it's cool you can you can crawl it for all sorts of metadata and find out you can actually this will be this dump, as it were, will be reviewed by security researchers for some time because there's lots of interesting stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, so on, when, when you say again, let, let's 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 keep it uh, uh, as as inclusive as possible. When you say metadata on a photo, yeah, what do you mean by that? There's this thing called EXIF data that's sometimes not uh, stripped out of the image when it's being uploaded. That contains like GPS coordinates of where the photo was taken, the time of day, the camera, and all sorts of other nitty gritty stuff that photo nerds love about the aperture and yeah. f stops. So so when you but your but, GPS data of where the photo is taken. For, That's for, kind of the privacy. For people yeah. with the new iOS, one of the fun widgets is you have a photo widget that will show you the, you know, things that were taken on this day or in these certain places. I iPhoto is very good at at organizing, oh, here's all the things from your trip to Georgia, for example. Mm -hmm. The way it knows that is because all these photos have these GPS coordinates on their phone. And when you upload them to certain websites, Sometimes they strip that out. Parler did not. Well, I, I'm not saying Parler did not on the on the on the user side what they're ah. supposed to see. But when you're getting the API to just give you dumps of what the raw information is that the customer uploaded, 
then it's a different story. Because, gotcha. Because the question is, was it stripped before it was uploaded or do they do it on your behalf? Like Twitter, you can upload a photo to them that's got the EXIF data in it and they're polite enough to remove it before they display it to anyone. Gotcha. But this is behind the curtain stuff. This is the originals. Gotcha. And so that's why. So when, when, when a lot of the headlines were, were like, oh, they, they didn't strip the EXIF data. We have no idea at, at, at what point their process. Maybe they didn't. Maybe, but maybe they do before it norm yeah. gets to the normies. But uh, it's much but not, different when but not for what was gotten. OK, exactly. And here's here's the insult to injury on this one, uh -huh. because it's like, hey, guys, uh, I figured out how to ask it to give us all the data and it's coming in and it's like 80 terabytes. And here's how you can go and do that. And so everybody's like, yeah, I want a copy. Right. Because yeah. it's, it's posterity. It's like it's a snapshot in time. You know, one one heck of a snapshot in time. Yeah. But it will. You know, uh, it is kind of interesting. Well, here's the thing. Even though they've been kicked out there, AWS they're still going to get a bill from Amazon and that's going to have a little line item called bandwidth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so really? Th think, of the, think about the salt in that wound, man. That is, that is hilarious that they're just going to get stuck with a gigantic bill on the way, on the <laughs> way out. Cause people were downloading 80 terabytes at a time of the entire service, at least as it lived. Now, when we say as it lived, do we mean everything that was posted publicly or were DMs involved in this? Were, were things that were otherwise meant to be private also able to be stripped out? So that's where the question of whether or not this violates, uh, you know, uh, the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, whether or not it's unauthorized access, because technically it's just, you know, asking a question. Hey, can I have such and such? And, you know, maybe it wasn't the intent of the programming to give it. But with a lack of authentication, it was possible to enumerate the users and find out uh, what their access level were to certain groups. So you could find out who was the moderator of certain different topics or groups within the system. As to the, uh, the direct messages, I can't speak to that. I don't yeah. know exactly the, the direct message element what? yet, but yeah. this, this data dump is going to be combed. And I shouldn't say data dump. Because it's not like some evil hackers got in and put it up on the pirate bay. It's it's more of a scraping kind People of situation. People just realized that this thing was of all you had to do was ask the server, "Can I download Parlor?" Mm -hmm. And the server was like, "Sure, dog. Here you go. You got eighty terabytes worth of storage. I yeah. got a Parlor for you." Yeah, and people are saying like, "Oh, well, you know, this could be like helpful for law enforcement." And I. Uh, I see that as kind of a vigilante thing when really if law enforcement wants a copy, it's a subpoena away. Yeah, they, they could they could get that data if they I mean, considering the, the severity of storming and rioting in the Capitol, they would probably be able to get the the information that they wanted the, the the exif data off those photos no matter what yeah if there haven't been national security letters issued i would be surprised and i'm not talking specific to this particular platform but just that's kind of the thing that happens when you're investigating this kind of stuff so let's talk about the riot itself uh one of the things that obviously you specialize in in terms of the stuff you make at hack five are physical uh, uh penetration of information systems uh, uh, the rubber ducky, like you mentioned before, is it just a USB drive that you plug into a computer and all sorts of crazy things can happen based on what you put on there. When you have an event like what happened last Wednesday and you've got all the computer hardware that is in the Capitol that obviously has sensitive information on it on a scale from one to insane breach. Yeah. Where are we at here? Um, yeah, we're. 
we're kind of high up there in here. Let me explain why. Okay. Right. So using the USB rubber ducky as an example, what you just said, just a little USB drive looking thing. Um, and it's just a tool in of itself. It doesn't do anything. It does what you program it to do. Yeah. I invented it, programming it to fix printers because I worked in IT and I was bored of, you know, doing it by hand. Yeah. So I made a little USB drive. So it plug it in and it fixed printer the was fixed, right? Yeah. So given everything that I've seen uh, from the fallout of, of the mayhem with computers like unlocked, like, le- like Chernobyl style, like, you know, like everybody just left and you go and look at it and you're like, <laughs> you know, you can see what people were having for breakfast, that kind yeah. of, that kind of situation and computers just unlocked. First of all, I'm kind of, you know, flabbergasted that that were the case, uh, that there was not a remote lockdown or a, just a timer. Now I get it. It all happens so fast as they say in Florida. So, yeah. you know, maybe it doesn't kick in for a few minutes before it locks the screen, whatever have you. But there's a real possibility that somebody in that crowd could have gotten into Nancy Pelosi's office and fixed her printer. <laughs> exactly. There, there, there is there is an opportunity for somebody to go in there and plug a USB drive into an unlocked computer. And then who knows? Yeah, right. I, I was surprised how quickly uh, they got back, you know, in the House and Senate floor. Uh, and I'm sure there was also a lot going on in the IT realm uh, of both chambers. Um, and I'm sure that they're, they're going over everything with a fine tooth comb. I would like to imagine that it was well, here, not that sophisticated of a thing. But uh, yeah. if I were, you know, I, if you it's were a great person, place to blend in. If you were a person with who carries, you know, something, uh, you know, a USB drive like that in your pocket, if, that if, would be an interesting place to plug it. But if like, you're a Chinese nation state actor and you just get, uh, you like to hang out at Mar-a-Lago, uh, maybe get arrested and find a bunch of USB drives on you. I don't know. This is never, is not based on a true story. Exactly. Uh, uh, let's go back to what you said about the fine tooth comb. If you are the good guys and all of a sudden this mess just lands in front of you, how big of a job is it to find out what the hell happened and whether or not you've got major problems? Um, in all honesty, I would imagine that their cybersecurity is better than, than most considering, you know, the sensitive nature of it. And I'm sure their blue team is on top of that. Yeah. And also, unless you're like ridiculously stealthy, this stuff is not made to be, you know, uh, uh, foolproof or or undetectable undetectable yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. no no no. Um, so you will know somebody will be able to go back in there and be like okay somebody there was some weird stuff going on there will be remediation if if nothing else i'm sure it's just one of those take it all back behind the barn you know put a couple in it with the 12 gauge and hey it's a great excuse to buy new computers sure sure there we go finally some economic stimulus where we need it you know given solar winds you probably need them anyway so how all right here we'll, we'll go out on this because uh uh this is the other thing that, by the way, was a gigantic hacking story before uh, all all this happened in Parlor, which is, uh, to be honest, like you said, more of a, a story because of who it happened to uh, than anything else. And it's going to continue to be a story because the question is going to be, will it rebrand? Will it rebuild? Or will it just try to find another host? And where's that host going to be? Is it going to be, you know, one of these uh, servers in a mountain in Switzerland or what? It, it looks like the server that um, that the Gab, another free speech uh, a social network is on, is is talking about it. But anyway, we'll, we'll find out, I'm sure, down the road. Solar winds. 
A lot of people have heard about it. I'm sure most people who are even listening to this have any idea what the hot hell is happening, except for the fact that it's Russia and it affected the government. So if you could run down generally what Solar Winds was. In as few words as possible? Sure. Bad. Okay. Yeah. In in let, let let's do let's do ten words. <laughs> <laughs> Very bad for everyone involved. Uh, we're still finding out, you know, because the thing is, it's it's so deeply ingrained. This uh, this attack affected so many vendors, and the vendors that affected vendors, you know, we're talking uh, Microsoft source code leaks and. Um, you know, potentially infiltrating uh, all of these organizations for months on end. And then, then once once that's the case, then all bets are off because it's really hard to track down like where, you know, the bad actor has pivoted to inside yeah. of the network. So just the, the, the idea that such an attack um, has occurred with such a severity, it's... Um, it, it makes you question all of your trust because you have to look at your entire trust tr chain. Yeah. This was only able to happen because, you know, it's not even the backdoor. It's the backdoor of the backdoor of the backdoor of the janitor. Gotcha. Is, is kind of the easy way to look at this. And then because nobody looks at all of that stuff, it, 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 was, uh, it was very advanced. <laughs> it was quite persistent. It was definitely a threat, and it's been around for quite a while. So it's going to be... Uh, probably go down as, you know, sorry, move over Stuxnet. You're gotcha. not the biggest hack in town anymore, as far as at least uh, kind of the impact on cybersecurity. So we'll definitely see uh, more from this for some time to come. It's still a moving story. So so to go back to, you know, the stuff we were talking about with Parler, that winds up devolving in the way that it does because of the vendors and for SolarWinds, now we're not talking about some, you know, uh, uh, by and large for fun social media, post some pictures and video and send it to your friends and, and, and retweet and stuff like that. This is heavy duty government grade stuff. So the vendors are that much more complicated. But then again, the vendors that much more Russian nesting doll, pardon the phrase. Where, where each vendor is relying on other vendors, which is relying on other vendors, which is relying on other vendors. And then... Solar Winds, correct me if I'm wrong, sneaks in mm -hmm. one of the vendors of the vendors of the vendors of the vendors and then crawls its way all the way up the chain to all these juicy targets, right? Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. It's like they didn't, you know, they didn't infect your drinking buddy. They got your drinking buddies, bird watching friends, <laughs> housekeepers, roommates. Yeah. And then through the grapevine, turns out your bubble's a lot bigger than you thought it was. Exactly. So they go from them to them to them to them to them, and that's how it makes it to your doorstep, not necessarily because of anything you did, except for trusting somebody who trusted somebody who trusted somebody who trusted somebody. Which allows it to become entrenched, and that's, that's the, the terrifying part. And so this was uh, just getting... And, and again, this is like, to, to compare, you know, the example of somebody running into the Capitol and plugging in a rubber ducky and, and getting whatever data from a, from a, a house member's computer, which they could do with just a regular flash drive and, and a couple of clicks of a mouse. It's sure. the same thing, same exact yeah. thing, but it's like, that's a smash and grab, right? That's, that's like, you left your purse in the, uh, uh, passenger seat. Somebody smashed your window. They grabbed that and that's it, right? That, that is a quick and dirty crime. What we're looking at here is more akin to like, long-term oh, espionage yeah it's the long game and that's the that's the best that's the best word to use yeah 
this, this, this is like, like, like the Americans, like on, on FX, where you have people like Russians that are living for decades in Washington, D.C., reporting back to the Kremlin that might never even reveal you know who they are they're literally just gathering absolutely data. it's is the difference between the americans and a brick through a window there we go uh darren thank you so much for taking time out of your day to explain so many of these things uh to us is there anything that you would like everybody in px3 world to know politics <laughs> <laughs> at hack five darren is where uh you can find uh, darren thank you so much man cheers man and that'll wrap it up for us today. I want to remind folks that if you'd like to email into the show, you can do so at theyoungamerican at gmail.com. We will have your mailbag on Friday. If you want to tweet the show, you can do so at the show's Twitter account at PX number three tweets. You can find my live streams at px3live.com, our newsletter at px3 newsletter, and the page for the podcast at px3podcast.com. You can support us any number of ways. Takepoliticsseriously.com is probably the most popular. You can also PayPal me a one-time donation at paypal.me paypal slash payjury. Venmo is justin-young-20. And... You can send checks and anything else you'd like to P.O. Box 10853, Oakland, California, 94610. But let's get back to that Patreon at TakePoliticsSeriously.com. If you'd like your name read at the end of the show, you get on into the Titanic $10 tier, up to and including. I love you, TNT. Dr. G, the Gen, Kathy Mack, Headphones Neil, Onward to Georgia, Captain Bunzo, Jay Sulu, Dallas Danger Taylor, Middle Age Mike, but what happened to Tex? Get a bucket and a mop, Cujo, Idris, Jacob Wilson, Berkeley, Steven, Justin Egan, Dot Com Junkie, Diana, Sunny Smiles, Tempest Fugit, Jason with Magnolia, Delta Credit Card Processing, D Laser, and Hashtagus. They join Alec, Government Unfiltered, Andres, Archie, Darren, a Olin and Angela, DL, Kyle, Chad, Nomadic Terran, Miranda Janelle, Jenny, Robert, Casey, Paul, the most conscientious nonpartisan listeners, Brad, Richard, just another pilot, D Really, Frozen Summers, J Pink, and Andrew. Join their ranks. Take politics seriously. Dot com. Join at the $10 tier to get your name shouted out. Get two bonus episodes of the program. If you are at our $3 level at TakePoliticsSeriously.com. We've got a, a interview on Friday that I'm not sure how much I'm going to have to edit out of. Because it's kind of a time capsule interview now. It is about the most likely people who will run for president in 2024. It is our way too early 2024 preview, but it was recorded before what happened on Wednesday. So I actually now I'm leaning to just running it exactly as it was so we can all understand what was happening before the attack on the Capitol. We'll find out exactly how much goes in. Until next time, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young saying... Some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more talk about politics, but this is the only show that talks about 
Ho! Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Dog and Pony Show Audio.